This is Bird Road. Jewish Dave's not here this week. He put in for some uh, much-needed vacation time. So you are stuck with me, but luckily I have some help from my guests today who we're going to meet in a moment. First, as always, the promos. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bird Road Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill at this point. Uh, Tell your friends about the show. This episode, we're jumping back into a recent bugbear of ours here on Bird Road, and that is... The impending arrival of all this this new class of visitors turned residents of Miami, a group of very well-moneyed, I don't, I'm not going to say tech, but like tech-adjacent Silicon Valley, Northern California sort of carpetbaggers who are very performatively taking to social media, announcing their frustrations with San Francisco or LA, all points in between, and their intentions to bring their innovative empires of innovative innov- innovation to Miami. And of course, here on the podcast, we've been talking about what it means for Miami, what it means for our efforts to build a better city and and what we can do to discourage these terrible people from moving here. Um, More precisely, this week we're going to be jumping into a topic about one specific tech oligarch who has put himself on our radar, a person who sort of transcends space and time, who transcends the the logical decisions that most CEOs would make when running publicly traded companies. Um, whose company transcends reasonable brand valuations and uh, and whose existence pretty much transcends reason and reality entirely. So you guessed it, folks. We are talking about the newly minted richest man on the planet, South African tech icon turned Rick and Morty enthusiast, Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla. So Elon has his sights set on a magic city. And as, uh, as such, it's going to be hard to get anyone here in Miami to say an unkind word about him. Um, as long as there's a prospect of, you know, clout or potentially making money with him. So we had to look west to find a good guest. And uh, we're going to explore Elon's Magic City dreams, but I can't do it alone. So here to talk all about the topic and get real musky with us is uh, someone who has experience on the Elon beat. That is Alyssa Walker, a writer at Curbed and New York Times and New York Magazine. And she also hosts the L.A. podcast, fellow podcaster. Alyssa, welcome to Bird Road. Thank you so much for having me. So, look, we're going to get into this story of how Elon sort of forced his way into the Miami discourse with the caveat that uh, much of this story has played out on Twitter and a huge amount of Miami Twitter tech discourse is usually bullshit and it only exists on Twitter. Um, but but first, Alyssa, the past few years, you, you've made a, a bit of a cottage industry out of Elon Musk skepticism and criticism. And way more often than not, you've turned out to be right in the face of um, a lot of uh, folks who, and we'll get into the the wonderful community of people that make up um, Elon Musk's online support network and fandom. But um, people can read your reporting over at Curbed. I encourage them to do that. But I was hoping that you could get us started by sort of explaining to those of us who know Elon Musk as the CEO of Tesla, um, what is the boring company? Because that's sort of the the... The, the linchpin for, for this story, this Miami story. What is the boring company exactly? Yes. So it's funny because there was like one um, origin story that I had known and then I heard him give a talk. Um, he was actually in conversation with LA Mayor Eric Garcetti at an event and it, there was kind of like another level, which I think really explains the real goal of the boring company. But um so the, the story goes, and this also played out on Twitter, like they, they all do, all the, story, all the Elon Musk stories do, is he was driving to work. Um, he 
owned, owned, owns, owns it's like seven houses in Bel Air, like a little compound of, of houses that he bought there. And a lot of people think he's from the Bay Area or that he lived in the Bay Area. He lived in LA. He had like, you know, factories and stuff all over the place, but he, had, he lived actually, he was a you know, LA city resident. And his, um, the SpaceX uh, facility headquarters is in Hawthorne, which is kind of by LAX. Uh, yeah, like Gardena uh, area, kind of. Yeah, like, not, yeah it's yeah. just like, it's basically like, it's, oh, it's next to its own little airport, a small airport right by, right next to LAX, like very, very close. Um, but it makes sense because it's where all the like um, rocket factories were like even back in like the 50s and 60s. So it's actually very cool that it's like kind of part of this new aerospace, you know, industry. Um, so he has this drive where he drives down out of his complex of mansions and down the hill to um, where slightly less wealthy people live. And he gets on the 405 and takes that down to near LAX. And he was stuck in traffic and he said, you know, I'm sick of this traffic. I'm just going to start digging. I'm going to buy a tunnel boring machine and just start digging. And he's like, I'm, I'm serious. Like I'm this is absolutely 100% serious. And he did it because he's Elon Musk. And that's what you do. You put an idea like that up yeah, on Twitter. You just and then throw you throw money behind it. And, yeah, and manufacture the, the online <laughs> consent for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and within a few months, he had um, started digging underneath the SpaceX headquarters in Hawthorne. Um, the tunnel boring machine, it's important to know, is uh, one that he bought from a... a Northern California city that had used it to bore sewer lines. So mm. it's really important to know, I think, just to remind people that it's not even really the size of a subway tunnel, a car right. tunnel, any type of tunnel that you would actually put vehicles in. It's literally just a sewer. No, you can you can see this video if you go to, and the, it's a very sparse website, the Boring Company's website. There's not a lot going on there. But there's a demo video of, which I guess is the only tunnel that's in existence which is this one in i guess a little, a little less than two mile stretch that runs uh from so like i said before i looked it up it looked like it looked like it was somewhere in gardena i guess you said it's in uh it's in hawthorne yeah and, yeah and it just it, it shows a time-lapse comparison of trying to drive versus but yeah this is like the world's cleanest sewer tunnel like it's it's just like a it, it you look at this video and immediately you're smacked in the face with like the obvious like uh, uh, uh like inefficiencies of this like it's like there's no way this is great for batman to use maybe alone by himself yeah. uh, to get around gotham city or something but like this is not something that would ever be used on mass i mean it, it seems crazy yeah it's i rode in the tunnel i in the opening of the tunnel um it opened in uh december of 2018 and there was a big flashy opening where um, you, you know, we thought, cause the story was that he, it was, it was supposed to be putting vehicles through, you know, at a faster, you know, being able to skip traffic. Right. So you, right. you were supposed to be, the you know, vehicles are going through very fast, but the whole part of it that made it semi useful was that it was supposed to be these like 16 passenger vehicles that were on these somehow propelled uh, little platforms that would zip through, you know, these these tunnels. And I was like, okay, yeah, 16 p passenger vehicles, if they could open and close very quickly and get people in. And then, yeah, you, you like you said, you that little um, math equation where you're either driving the surface streets and stuck in traffic or you're zooming through on a 16 passenger, but like, I might get it. But then we go, we get to this opening of the Boring Company 
and there's no vehicle like that. We, right. we pull up at the entrance of the tunnel and it's just a Tesla, you know, SUV. Like a sedan. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, like, yeah. So, <laughs> so we all are all like, okay, where's the, where's the part where he drives on a little platform and zips us through? And they're like, oh no, we're just driving through the tunnel. We're going to drive really fast through the tunnel. And we're like all in the car. And I'm in the car with Casey Neistat. I don't know if you know who that is. Like he's like a yeah, uh, well-known uh, influencer, a uh, YouTube pioneer yeah. from years <laughs> back and CNN personality at one point, I think. Yeah. yeah. He does like, you know, stunts and like urban kind of tomfoolery and to see the look on his face casey casey neistat is if is if elon musk was like got into using cameras instead of (laughs) inventing things like that's basically what casey is i think we're all like in the car like is this is this are we like are we some like joke ourselves like what's going on because we just couldn't believe that that's when we came all the way there and there's like this flashy party and like celebrities like him and you know and we're like is this real and even on that on that day there were there were people there from chicago the transit authority in chicago um who had flown there to see the opening of this tunnel because they had been he had sold Rahm Emanuel on this idea of having this tunnel that would go from somewhere in Chicago to O'Hare underground faster than the train that you could take there right now you know like which works perfectly fine um so and and they were all kind of like we don't really understand it like we don't yeah. really we're not really sure what's, what's going underwhelming on. i mean like yeah it's it's and i mean chicago has i think the number three or the number four public transportation system in the country already uh, yeah like you so don't really, and it, it's elevated it doesn't really yeah. need tunnels like we're doing okay there so it's just very interesting to see um like what it really was and the it wasn't what they said it was going to be and then like the promises that had been made for this project um, were clearly not going to deliver on it so those were a bunch of red flags at the very beginning but then i think what what was somewhat intriguing and what people maybe thought that you know there was some possibility in this what he was doing is that he was saying that he was he could tunnel faster and cheaper than cheaper, yeah. you know a city like if Chicago doesn't want to decided to dig these similar tunnels, um, and that's where that's the idea he started going to places with. So he you know had this idea that we would have a tunnel um, again like a, a kind of a pointless tunnel like that would go from our subway stations to Dodger Stadium like two miles like yeah the traffic's bad but it's like not that bad and like they have buses that go right you know, that do the- that already yeah exactly <laughs> you could also walk there it's he just he like- reminds me in this in this story you're telling me he reminds me of i don't know if you saw this wonder woman 84 movie that came out over the yeah <laughs> but like there's the um uh the 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 steve character i forget what his name is but he, uh chris chris uh pine and he steps out of I guess being dead for sixty years and sees subways and is like uh, just aghast and can't believe what he's seeing. But somebody mentioned that subways by nineteen eighty four had been around for like hundred and fifty years, so like <laughs> he shouldn't have been that surprised by by subways. And I'm just thinking of Elon Musk being like, guys, think about this: a bunch of people get onto a platform and then step onto a moving 
conveyance and they're transported really quickly. Come on. It, it's brilliant. And, and I'm so sh- many, Yeah. There were so <laughs> many jokes like that at the beginning, like, oh, you just invented a subway. Like you just invent, you know, but it, it, but it got less and less like that. Like the, his idea he kept ha- saying was like, you know, it, it whatever he would say, we just kept being like, it just looks like a place for cars to drive. Like you understand that doesn't really solve the problem. And then he would, flip to the next slide and be like, oh, but look, here's 20 tunnels stacked together underground as deep as the tallest building in the world. And it's all tunnels. And we're like, but that also means that you dig a bunch of tunnels and you're not actually saving money from, you know, so it's like every argument. And you're just creating (laughs) traffic underground. You're just creating mole person traffic instead of human traffic. It's the real problem. And then at one point, couple months ago he finally just said someone like on twitter was like this actually just looks like a place to drive cars and he actually admitted on twitter he's like it is it is just a tunnel for cars but it's way more (laughs) profound than it sounds he's like yeah no shit i'm a car salesman (laughs) like yeah that's there's a reason that i made a a bunch of tunnels for cars so look how does this intersect with miami right well uh, uh, past couple of months right as we mentioned at the opening Miami has made this big deal about the arrival of this like class of tech overlords that are like uh, a lot of cities. L.A. is kind of like this that are sort of like vying to be the next Silicon Valley. It's become this ridiculous brass ring that every city is chasing. And we're already a place in Miami that that bases pretty much our entire economy on bright, shiny objects. And this is like the brightest, shiniest object we've seen in a while. The city mayor here, Francis Suarez, has really upped his um, his profile uh, in He's been using Twitter to sort of promote these conversations that are touting Miami as a destination for tech. It, it bears noting that Suarez has no power. He is what's known as a weak mayor. He is mostly just a, you know, smash bottle on ship kind of mayor, and he can barely keep the city going. Uh, Miami is an incredibly poor city, um, very poorly legislated, very corrupt. Uh, it, this is mostly a, a shell game to sort of like skim public-private partnership cash, that which is like what all of our mayors do over the course of their their tenures they just end up getting these huge white elephant projects and then somehow landing on the board of the of directors for that white elephant project after their terms run out divert public funds into private hands enter elon musk on january 18th he tweeted something he tweeted this battery cell production is the fundamental rate limiter uh slowing down a sustainable energy future very important problem and then mayor suarez quote tweeted a response, you know, feeling himself because he's been wooing all these tech, uh, you know, big names into Miami at Elon Musk. Couldn't agree more. Would love to have you at City uh, city of Miami City Hall to discuss it and potential solutions for the benefit of our future. To which Musk replied, cars and trucks stuck in traffic generate megatons of toxic gases and particulate, but at boring company road tunnels under Miami, and this is what we're talking about, uh, would solve traffic and be an example to the world. Now, an example of what we're going to get into that. Uh, he says he says he spoke with uh, Governor Ron DeSantis about uh, tunnels last week. If the governor and mayor want this done, we'll do it. Um, now, Musk has a history of sort of you alluded to it, making these problems to or these promises to city leaders, to just out there generally, to anybody saying that he's going to build these very ambitious things that, for the most part, like we say, they they haven't been built right. Like I mean, there's a history of just kind of tossing this kind of, uh, I don't know, these like sort of like uh, th- these plans out there and, and seeing what comes back, right? 
Yeah, I think the, you know, the the one place it's stuck, you know, after after the Boring Company opening and you see this like uh, rotating cast of people who who went to see the tunnel like and um there's people from all over LA that went to go visit the tunnel, there's people from other transit places, there you know, everyone got an invite to come see it and they do a great show, you know, not just the opening night party, but they do like this whole they've got this uh dirt that they pull out and they turn it into bricks and they, they have these bricks stacked up and they have this whole vision of how they're going to create structures with the bricks. And they've got like a snail there that um, is, you know, the goal, they have a real live snail and the goal is to be able to tunnel faster than the snail because snails are the most efficient tunnelers. You know, they have this whole, it's, it's just, it's, it's all this like that. with all of his stuff. It's all very like branding exercise. It's yeah, it's all passed it's, through. It's passed through multiple layer, layers of marketing and ideation yeah. sessions and, you know, and flamethrowers and stuff. Yeah. You know, he had these like incentives if you invested. So there's it's a whole yeah. It's part. It's the same you know thing as you know Tesla and and SpaceX. Like he's done a very good job at like marketing this very clever. Um, I don't want to say a cult, but it's a cult. And yeah. um, and then the you know the people would go come and and but then you would see one by one they'd go back to their cities and like what he had promised or what he had said on Twitter was happening really wasn't going to happen. And then all of a sudden, at Las Vegas uh, Convention Center, it's like the Visitors Bureau has this uh, press conference, and they're like. Uh, we've hired the boring company. They've presented us this idea for our convention center, which if you've ever been to CES or any convention there, it's a very big convention center. Um, right. And they're they a little disconnected. It. It's about like two blocks off the strip. Yeah, so it's so like a little you disconnected. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, You're like so kind of on an island. All the way to the strip now. So basically right. like the expansion is you you, you kind of, you, if you go down Las Vegas Boulevard and you kind of look to the right, it's like going to come all the way to the strip. So they needed a way to get people from one end to the other um, without having to walk. And so they had an RFP out for all these different ideas. And so if you go to Vegas, like, of course, like there's weird transit everywhere. There's like a monorail and there's all these like people movers and there's moving sidewalks. So like, great, like do something weird. Like that's great, you know? Um, and they had, they chose them and you know why they chose them. It wasn't, you know, because for yeah. this like spectacle and uh, this idea of bringing Elon Musk to solve our problems. Well, and, and this was probably during a, a point in time where I think Tony Shea was still involved with the downtown project, I think in, in Vegas. And uh, again, this, the, the same way we're talking about with Suarez being this advocate and trying to woo people. Shea was, um, I would say much savvier and somebody who knew, you know, um, uh, who, who knew much more how to speak the language of 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 that industry because he came from it but he was i think still towards maybe the tail end of trying to trying to make that downtown project happen in las vegas um so there was a predicate there like it made sense a little bit like you could see the the connections happening in real time i would assume yeah i think that's a really good um especially now that nevada wants people to tech companies to be allowed to set up their own governments um yeah. it, it does seem <laughs> like uh it, you're right like it's they're just kind of ready to hand over the keys and be like go for it tech billionaires like you we are we want the people to come visit here to see what you've done we want your name attached to these things i mean it's just like any having while well, you have a trump casino there it's like the same thing they're just you know very wooed by um by money and power and influence and yeah. um but i i you know it doesn't like it's not like public funds that are paying for the tunnel in vegas it's you know just visitors 
tour visitors and tourism like money but you have to think about like it is like hotel taxes right like you could do something with that money that would be a little bit more beneficial so basically what this is is just a tunnel that goes underneath the convention center um and you just get in a car now. I mean, because now that they've admitted it's just cars, um, and they actually can't be autonomous yet because of whatever restrictions. Because NTSA <laughs> like restrictions that. Uh, by the way, I still don't understand how this company has how Tesla. Well, that's a whole making other the, that's a whole other story. But like <laughs> yeah. how they have how they haven't been put out of business for the claims that they make about yeah, self driving. Like it's that crazy. Is, that's a whole uh, that could be shut down very quickly with the new administration, <laughs> uh, new transportation officials. But um, yeah, so they, it's basically just cars in this. They pull up in this parking lot underground and they drive through a tunnel. And then you come out on the other side and it's really just like a valet is driving you to your car or something. It's just, it's not going to be to your, you know, drop, dropping off like a valet stand. It's, it's not going to be any different than that. And they spent over $50 million on these two twin tunnels to go underneath the convention center, a place that you could very easily just walk or ride a bus around or have right. scooters. Like they could have done something like actually like, yeah, no, you could have bird scooters or lift <laughs> scooters. Yeah. And, and that. There are bird scooters and lift scooters in that area. If, yeah, if I remember like, correctly, that would have been fun. Like that's how I'd rather get around the convention center. Um, but so he, so he did sell that through, but what the point of what I was, that anecdote was that he, it's almost finished and they keep saying it's almost finished. I guess it's very close to being done, but um, they now have already authorized that he can keep going and go to this little cluster of resorts on the other side of the street. And then they've are, they're already considering a plan to like expand this all the way to the airport. Yeah. And that is where it starts to get, I think a little bit dicey is when the city is truly creating like this transportation network and they'll say it's free or $2 or whatever, but it's, it's really just for, it's a huge uh, endeavor that is taking money that is being earned by the people who work in these hotels, you know, (laughs) and saying that like a few people can use these little tunnels that go underneath the, right. the city um and yes there needs to be better connections to the airport but and and then yeah, yeah they're gonna say sure we can drive we can put buses on them later we can put bit better you know other shuttles on them later or whatever but um i just don't think that's what it's for i think it's a marketing tool for the teslas they already have made yeah i think at its most effective it would be something that is just a separate bespoke transportation system for wealthy EV owners or specifically Tesla owners, right? I mean, it, can you be any EV driver? Because that's supposed to be where they, I, that's supposed to be where they save, where, where the where the cost savings from what I read at least, and I don't know how much this holds up under scrutiny. We're going to get into the science a little bit because you you talked to a geophysicist about this. But um, the, the savings are supposed to be in ventilation. Because if it's not a coal-powered vehicle or you know a, a, you know carbon-powered vehicle, then you, he doesn't have to do any. He Elon doesn't have to do any ventilation, and that's why a half-billion-dollar tunnel becomes a thirty or forty or fifty-million-dollar tunnel. Um, I want to get to that too, but in the context of Miami, right? We always say that Miami on this show. We always talk about what a special place this is, but when you're talking about geology, Miami is especially unique because we're 
We're not a place where people are supposed to live. People aren't supposed to be here, uh, which you can actually say about Vegas too. But we're on, um, what makes us different is that we're on this bed of porous limestone. If you can imagine like a, like a sponge cake under a swamp that we don't, we don't have basements here. Our water table is like right underneath us. If you just punch like a 10 foot hole into the ground, you hit our water table. Um, we don't build tunnels here for a reason. And boring tunnels under our streets does not on first blush seem like a very wise idea. You wrote about this and you got into it. You spoke with Kate, oh, with uh, Mika McKinnon, who's a field geophysicist and disaster researcher. What did she have to say about it? She's this? like the perfect combination of a person because she's right. in addition to studying like rocks, she also- Yeah, she can come here and study a, study first the part the part before Elon gets here and then she can study the part after Elon gets here. Yeah, yeah she, she was absolutely the first person I thought of to, to talk to for this. Um, because she really does get the bigger picture. It's not just about, it's not just about the feasibility of tunneling in your, you know, substrate, but it's also about um, what's the value of tunneling that tunnel right now compared to what the city will look like in 50 or 100 years. And um, I think the two points that she made, and, and he did get more specific in, you, in the latest, um, in the latest round of articles that came out in the last week, um, he did get a little bit more specific about the actual project. And it is that little part of the, um, it goes under the Miami river, right? It's a street. Right. Exact street. I know the exact. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's near where the Miami, it's near where the Miami bridge is right now, which again, and it's, this is really kind of a Rorschach thing, right? You can, we, it says more about what you think about the project when you look at Miami. Like <laughs> Miami has a history of like failing infrastructure. We have the Miami Bridge, which is trafficked, which is like a, a bridge that has outlived its usefulness. It looks like something from like a, a turn of the century movie. And it's it's still up. We still use it. Thousands and hundreds of thousands of cars pass over it every day. You look around our county, you've got like pedestrian bridges that fall on people and kill them. Uh, college parking lots that fall on people and kill them. I mean, I'm just talking about the last few years. So you look at that and you're like, oh, we need new infrastructure. And then it's like, yeah, well, here's the idea. How about a underground tunnel? No, no, no. Can you just make our bridges better and like make our make our 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 tunnels, not the ones that we have, the bridges and things that we have not kill us. But yeah, it's it, it, it's a if, if most of our listeners are in Miami, you know, the, the section that we're talking about. It's when you try to go from Brickell to downtown or downtown to Brickell. It's a mess. It's difficult to do. And it's perpetually under construction or malfunctioning. Yeah. And so the the idea is that people get uh, stuck because they're trying to get over the bridge because I, I assume it either opens up or they're, you know, you're getting have fewer yeah. lanes of traffic, all these types of things. So um, that I a tunnel. Yes. I, you know, if you wanted to route everyone under the tunnel instead. But again, that's what we were talking about, like. Um, there's going to be a line to go under the tunnel. Now you still have the same <laughs> problem of you run into the not. same thing, um, and this throughput <laughs> will probably be less because it'll maybe be a small tunnel. So he, yeah, he quoted um, thirty million dollars, which is like um, I think just completely. If, if if that's the tunnel they dug in Vegas, a very not very complex geological situation for fifty million, um, he wants to do it for less. A similar size tunnel for 30 million um, with all the problems that you have. And, and um, the way it was described, I think was so great was that when you're tunneling in, in that kind of rock, you're um, 
you're dealing with these pockets that when your TBM goes into it, um, it just changes all the pressure. So you have a lot of um, inconsistency and a lot of, you know, really just, you, you just don't know what to expect until, until right. it happens. And that, and that sinkholes become part of this process. And it's kind of like that thing where you're just like plugging one hole and, you know, the ground falls two blocks away and then you fix right. that. And then there's another one going on over there. And that's why these things are so expensive. Like, yes, of course it can be done. You have the port of Miami, like a very, you know, big tunnel that, that took a took while forever to and costs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it works great, but like, um, that's not something that you can really replicate. And, and I would argue in this, in this particular situation, when they're trying to make the argument, um, about how you could I'm, I'm so puzzled by how this is, would work. You could only go in it if you're an, an EV, and that's why they don't need to make it safe enough for like ventilation. But like, if something happens, you still have to get out of it. There, so there would right. have to be <laughs> like if you're which up, w- there w- something will too. happen to it. It's Miami. Something <laughs> will happen to it. Right. And, so it doesn't yeah. really hold up. And then, but then again, like, what are you doing? You're creating this like elite form of transportation where you're saying. You can only go in this tunnel if you're an electric car. Same thing as, you know, what we were talking about with the Vegas situation. If they eventually opened it up for people to use or to get under, you know, this this uh, surface traffic, uh, who checks if you have an electric vehicle? Do you have to have a Tesla? Like, does this mean that the polluting cars have to, you know, wait in one line while you're going through? And it doesn't, I've never seen anything implemented in that particular way you know we have things like congestion pricing which is actually a good idea if you want to try to keep out you know internal combustion engines like out of your city center toll them make money off of uh you know a a cleaner transportation system but that's a whole complex thing that has to be dealt with in a really um uh careful way because you want to make sure that people aren't punished for having older vehicles especially if they use them to work so you have this situation in his mind where you're in cruise under the Miami River, no problem if you've got your Tesla. And then you he starts to implant that in people's brains. And I, I think like those people that you're talking about that want to come to Miami or are starting their new lives in Miami, they they love it. Like they eat it up. They yeah. think it's what what they, you know, should they what they deserve for getting a Tesla, right? <laughs> and, and and this is this is Elon Musk's milieu of like, I want to reiterate, this is not an idea that just nobody had forever. And and that's that's one of the things I think like that's at the core of his 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 business sense is like let me just say ideas that seem super obvious that have been dismissed for valid reasons. <laughs> it's it's like there, he's not the first person to think of like of of boring underneath the t- he's not the first person to think of going to Mars. Like people have thought of these things and yeah. there are reasons that like either we prioritize them as like yeah maybe like not right now or we just say no that makes no sense one of the things that um if you get a chance to talk to her again uh i i would i would i would tell you to ask dr mckinnon or maybe mention this too you got to live in miami to know this but oh they say the estimate is that over 40 percent we're one of the few cities of our size that operates mostly on a septic system which yeah. is not a system at all. Oh, yeah. Most of yeah. most of the houses have septics, yep. uh, septic tanks, and um, the estimates are that about forty percent of them aren't functioning, and most of our sinkholes can be traced to a septic tank 
two miles away yeah, that yeah. was pouring into the, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah and yeah. was like washing away limestone, washing away ground yeah. soil for a long time. And then whoosh, you drop, you know, yeah. the, the bottom it's drops out of a house. It's trace the origin sometimes because you, exactly. you just said it is this like network of caverns underground that you're, you know, CSIing down there trying to figure <laughs> out what happened. <laughs> um, so I've been mostly kind of pensive about if you can't already tell, our listeners know that I've been pensive about the um, the prospect of, uh, you know, I love more people to come. I love it. We had a influx of Venezuelans over the last 15 years. I love them. I met my Puerto Ricans like me have been coming. I love it. People come here for all types of reasons. This is Miami. That's what we're supposed to be about. Um, I've been a little more pensive about this migration. And um, I, I've, I've pointed out that a lot of this tech migration is really like people who aren't exactly tech workers uh, or, or like what you might think about when you think of the tech industry, but instead they're sort of like a little bit of the seedier variety. It's like investment type folks. Most of them are either finance people, they're second or third tier, like venture capital people whose bios have like all these apps that you never used or never downloaded. There's the best. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of like a lot of Bitcoin speculators who I guess Elon is becoming one of those uh, over the course of yeah, the last week yeah, or two. Yeah. And then there's these people who, and Elon is part of the Musk is part of this category. It's like people who are insanely overvalued and don't actually deliver the product necessarily that they say that they will, or that they say that, that they do. Um, a billion dollars for the port of Miami, like we had mentioned. And apart from like the enormous implications and the pitfalls of trying to do this in Miami, is there any evidence I, I, I would, I'm wondering that like beyond just what he did in, in, in California, in LA, that he could actually do the project, like they, that they have the tech to do the project? I'm, I have no doubt that they would be able to hire the people they they just started hiring in austin apparently they want to start they they've moved a lot of their operations to austin he's moved to to texas apparently too so um they have a, they have jobs for all sorts of people tunnel experts and geologists and all these all these positions so um i have no i have no doubt that he would not be able to like hire the right people they got tunnels built in other places um but i think what will happen is he'll either you know absorb the cost of the 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 real cost the real you know uh the real value of what it actually means to build something like this and don't get me wrong like if he if he had like a a tunnel revolution that he had um uncovered here like you know i i won't discount like the fact that he gets some stuff done like yeah you know electric cars we need them like rockets it's fine i probably we probably don't want any more satellites up there but like okay if you have a reusable <laughs> rocket okay um solar panels they look really nice on you know these little solar tiles things like that like i'm not discounting that he knows how to hire the the right people to you know realize make his tweets reality yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is that, you know, this happens in Miami or, or Vegas. I mean, you see what's happening in, in Vegas. They're setting up an unrealistic expectation for how infrastructure gets built. I don't know the situation with like the labor um, going on in Vegas, like if everyone is unionized and if everyone. It's a union is, town. Know. It's going to be tough. I mean, like way more so than Florida. It's funny you mentioned that because like, and I know that you guys over at Curbed and you specifically, you, you've been, um, 
I forget already the name of the amendment, the horrible, basically like slave wage. Yeah. Yeah. 22. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this was another thing I wanted to ask you about because a lot of these guys, Musk, not so much, but a lot of these other guys have, are, are targeting Florida and Miami. And you see a lot of them have done their like participation in the realm of innovating is really just finding their way around labor law. Mm-hmm. And uh, particularly like California, New York labor law, places where, uh, you know, traditionally things like food delivery or um, or ride services come with like some level of dignity and you get treated like a human being and they're like, ah, but we can cut that part out and make more money and be more efficient. Here in Florida, we've already done that. Like we have the worst, some of the worst labor standards in in the country. I I don't know. I would just like broadly like to pick your brain on like when a person like Musk or a lot of the people who are leaving California say that they're coming to 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 Miami. Like I feel like there's that baked into it. There's this sort of libertarian stripe of like you know, I can get away with more, even, even as simple as like, Oh, I can't get my, my plant up and running because of this, the, the, you know, these lack or these um, stringent COVID regulations and things like that. That's, I feel like there's a lot of that. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. That's another Musk he, story. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. when he um, kept threatening to leave California because they kept trying to shut down his factory. And then a bunch of people got sick and, he, you know, was using that as his like, you know, leverage to be like, oh, well, you know, this, you do this again, and I'm out of here. And then he did it. And everybody, I think that like gave everybody this, uh, you know, this, again, like the fantasy of the libertarians or whatever to be like, oh, you know, if he can do it, I, I should do it too. And if you look at what's happening in California, it's in a broader sense, like Prop 22 is a, is the condition of this very much so like this was these techno you utopian some of them are libertarians but some of them are are liberals you know i wouldn't say they're progressive but they're like you know liberals and they have decided that the government is not working for them but the way to do that is not coalition building and you know figuring out what people need or talking to their neighbors it's organizing on platforms to change laws right now they're trying to recall Gavin Newsom, because he just mm-hmm. did things he didn't like. A group of them in San Francisco are trying to uh, recall or about to recall their district attorney because they think the city is filled with crime. Falling to crime, yeah. So, um, they, yeah, their obsession is with little quality of life things, but then they they think they can just solve it by, you know, just dropping a bomb in there and, and blowing it up and getting whatever they want. And not a literal bomb. I know we're in a time of <laughs> high tensions, but um, a political bomb. So it it's, it's falls very cleanly within that same way of thinking. Like they're just looking for the next um, most accommodating place to their desires and what they want. And um, I think a lot more of them will leave. Like who just left? Peter Thiel. Just yeah, Peter Thiel. Left. It's coming down here. Two houses, right? And that <laughs> they all buy two houses, and like that. His he was like the the ringleader of this. You know, he was GOP, but like he was very much like one of these people that kept trying to be like, well, I can create a government and a, a system that's separate from this, and yep. I don't have to follow the rules. So they they don't want to follow the rules. Yeah, this is why I tell people like this is like and, you know, this cuts both ways, really, because I I would say I say it to people like in the camp of Mayor Suarez out here. And I would also say it to the Peter Thiels of the world, like the 
the the monkey's paw or the um the 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 genie's curse or whatever like may you get everything that you wished for yeah because everything that peter thiel (laughs) did if you look at he didn't a lot of these guys didn't invent or create a thing they just found a way around something else to skim a few dollars off and we in Florida, the whole state of Florida, are skimmed out. We've skimmed every inch of everything. Our state government runs on nothing. And a lot of these guys, like Musk is a perfect example. What they really are, what their business model really is, is is subsidy. It's government uh, payments. I mean, I think about, uh, I, so I, I looked up this comparison. I was going to run this by you, right? I actually wrote it up here. I had also written down this quote from Matthew Stoller, who is a great follow on Twitter. If you don't already follow Matt Matthew, uh, Elon Musk is essentially a stock man- manipulator with some science projects. And I, that got me thinking because the way that Elon Musk had sold his larger business, Tesla, out to people is as like this revolutionary thing that's going to change the way we get around. And I looked it up in 2020, it was Tesla's 18th year as a company, and they sold 229,000 vehicles uh, to the US, that's in the US, uh, to a general market of 330 million people. And I was curious, so I looked up what Ford did in their 18th year as a company, which was 19, coincidentally, it was uh, 1921 instead of 2021. (laughs) Um, Almost lines up perfectly. They sold 1.3 million Fords uh, to a nation of only a 108 million people at the wow. time. Wow. And at the same time, they were also outfitting the war effort. They were creating um, not bombers, but they were creating planes and, uh, you know, they were creating uh, all the machinery of war that was that was heading out uh, that was in full swing at that point. So I would say like. People make fun of the my pillow guy, but at least the my pillow guy makes pillows. Like you can buy pillows from the my pillow guy, and I, I there's a I live a mile from a Tesla dealership, and I know for a fact that if I walk in there, I can't walk out with a Tesla. And a, a lot of this stuff is like it, it's it's beyond skepticism. It's like it it really does feel like it's 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 snake oil. It's just like it, it's it's. It's a brand exercise, I guess. I don't even know if I have a question. I'm just like venting at this point. <laughs> yeah, That's, you name you named all like the key points, and I think that that is like a stock manipulator. Like, whoa! Like, it's the the pattern of when these announcements are made with cities, like these boring company announcements. Um, they drop like you know right before like the earnings call, or you yeah. know they you they line up very evenly with like. This, you know, they need to sell a bunch of Teslas before the next one's announced or um, during one time it was like before the tax credit was running out on electric vehicles. And it's like it all lines up so well. So you you're yeah, it's he's going to juice the his stock price or the market or whatever his Bitcoin now it's going to be. Yeah. Whatever. So it's um, <laughs> Dogecoin. Yeah. It's Dogecoin. It's going to be, it's all very, it, it, it's very intentional. Um, right. But at the same time, yeah, like you can just, if, if you're one of these people and there are a lot of them, it's not, you know, it's not just him, but he's just the most, um, annoying uh, but they it, it is just like like you said like inventing things that um somebody much smarter who worked for a very long time to try that first has already tried it and said this is why it won't work this is what we need to do instead and he's mm-hmm. still on that 
you know, initial like, oh, like I've got it. I've got the best. And very much the the, the space Karen um, label applies if you haven't followed that whole conversation because that, that's <laughs> like how I still like to think that's the best nickname for him because it is like just jumping in and being like, hey, guys. And everybody's like, yeah. no. I would like to talk to Mars's manager, please. Yeah. <laughs> Can I talk to the manager of Mars? We did that. And Why is there no direct flight to explored. your location? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I encourage you to call him Space Karen, yeah. <laughs> for, for my listeners, most of our listeners are um, lefties or socialists, or li- liberal arts majors. So none of you went to business school like somebody like me so i have to explain some of this stuff to you folks but there's a there's a thing called p e ratio which is basically um your, your your price to earning ratio that you learn about in like econ 202 yeah and uh it's 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 almost like ebitda it's a non-gap like it's it's like a non-standard way but also like fully accepted way to measure the strength of a company's you know position in the market and if you're in between like 10 to 30, you're okay usually. And like a, a company, I just looked it up before we got on the call and Facebook is at 26. And um, uh, it's basically saying like how much you're valued versus what you realistically could ever be worth. Mm-hmm. And um, and so like I say, like 10 to 30 is an okay range. Tesla right now is at 200, which <laughs> seems like a problem. <laughs> um, it doesn't really seem that sustainable. Uh, it's like... It's again, it's rooted in this like promise that so far it hasn't shown any opportunity or any any likelihood to repay. And I, I know it seems like I'm hammering on that, but I'm hammering on that because Miami is a city. We have a history of just falling for ideas and falling for shite briny objects and fa- and and uh, falling for things. And and like we. If we're not properly disillusioned of some of these things when some of these people come and we don't know who they are and what their real track record is and we just see like 20 million, 50 million followers on Twitter who are acolytes basically, like we are very susceptible to fall into this. You were talking earlier about like um, tourist tax revenue that they use in Vegas. Nevada, by the way, meanwhile, still being like dead last in education in public schools across the country. Um here in Miami and here in Florida, we have this history of taking our, our bed taxes and putting them into, you know, it's tourist money. It's found money. It doesn't count towards the budget. Let's put it into a baseball stadium that nobody goes to. And I know that, you know, in, in California, you guys have had, you know, fights over those kind of things, too. Um, I just I, I feel like have you seen a strong counter narrative? And I want to use this as also sort of like uh, transition into your experience having to deal with these people online that pop up whenever <laughs> usually a woman whenever a woman talks shit or or gives a hard time to elon musk these people that come out of the woodwork uh i i guess first like have you seen this counter narrative the thing that we're talking about actually take hold and have people like be educated about what this company or this this particular richest man in the world is how's that happened and how have you dealt with trying to be somebody who's like holding that role of town crier when you're, you're, you're like beating back these waves of, of trolls basically. Yeah. I think the stadium one is a really good one, right? Because I think, um, I think that the veil has been pulled off of, of that type of situation. Um, yeah, pretty clearly. I think, um, people have seen that the, the promises of an investment, which, 
you know, sometimes comes, yeah, sometimes it's tourism and Vegas, my God, like they've had some of these epic battles where it was like, do we build a school or do we build, <laughs> you know, a stadium? No, it's, it's, it's more like, do we build like 20 schools yeah, or we, one football right, stadium? Yeah, do we educate the children or not? I mean, and that, it, and that's, that's what usually happens because they make these arguments that like the stadium itself is, you know, right raises everyone up or you know it's more people will come in this and pay more money to be tourists than you have which the next the next time that that happens will be the first yeah the next time that the, that the, the, the same thing with like a world cup or an olympics yeah. the next I time mean, that a, that a, that the host actually makes money off of that and yeah. does better will be the first time that it's ever actually played yeah out. the olympics yeah that's a whole other thing we're dealing with here in la right now <laughs> with the promise of these stadiums yeah. but yeah vegas is a great example too because um, you know, when I wrote that first story about the Bourne Company going there, um, you know, I, I looked at like the transportation options that were actually available at, to the convention center and the people that go to work at the convention center. I mean, if, I don't know how much time you've spent in Vegas and going to these events and stuff, but the transit is not, it, it's there and it's, they're, they're doing a great job and they're trying to, they're trying a lot of actually very innovative things, um, to, to try to get people. It's one of the best, um, uh, rides to take the bus from the airport and you just buy a ticket on your yeah. phone. And, and it was one of the first places to do that. And so they like, they are really like on it and doing a really good job. There's a great bus you can take down the strip. Um, we, we've talked about how Vegas is a, for, a, for tourists is a conveyor belt. Yeah, you land yeah. and you're on a conveyor belt the whole time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, my, myself and my co-host who you unfortunately aren't getting to meet were longtime residents of Vegas. We went to oh, college there. Oh my God. Oh, and okay. yeah. So like we know the, the, the funny thing about Vegas is, and, and it's similar here in Miami too. Is that when you get away from the epicenter of the the, the tourist area, it's Mad Max. Yeah. Like you, you, you. Good luck finding a bus. Yeah. Like they call yeah. them the, the the Lynx bus. Good luck finding a Lynx right. or no cat bus. The cat bus. Good luck finding the cat bus. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's that was exactly it. Like they they have the opportunity to actually try to serve this community, which is um I the other story that I went to research when I went there to, to write write about you know, transit and walking, there was about the homelessness crisis that's really like gotten so much worse since I was there. You know, it's one of the highest per capita um, unsheltered homeless populations. Um, there's, there's real struggles with um, with how to figure out how to balance that public, where is public yeah. money going? And, and then, you know, all the different, um, the city of Vegas plus Clark County and all the other jurisdictions, same, I guess that's similar to Miami in, in your yeah. way too. Um, Same thing, yeah. But the whole point is like the 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 transit system continues to get starved when that tourism hotel money could have gone to a transportation solution that would have helped more people get to the convention center or like a bus shelter system that would have allowed people to move around. If you, if you're working there, you need to get from one side to the other. Like, are you going to go down and jump in a Tesla and like, you know, zoom underground to get to, or to go to the airport, you know, there's, it's not, it's not going to work that way. So I think like the, the thing you keep coming back to is like these massive infrastructure investments where the money is going to, and like, how does that help anybody on a daily basis? We have a brand new stadium here in LA for our football team. Now we have two football teams, you know, coming here yeah. <laughs> and it's just sitting there empty right now. And it's, they tried to do a little bit better of a job by like going to the community and getting some of the restaurants to be a part of it. And they put a little park there and stuff, but 
you just see the uselessness. Like it's, it's so obvious. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Well, it's because, and you can't build an economy around 20 event days. Right. Yeah. A year, right. you know, right. you can't build an economy around um, just one big monolithic thing that, by the way, people forget about those stadiums. I don't mean to go on a stadium rant here, but I mean, I live in Miami where we're like, like half of the money that should be going to our schools is instead going to like, you know, this plethora of, of uh, white elephant projects and a bunch of them are stadiums, right? Like the stadium is designed, all the modern ones are designed to, like you talk about restaurants, the stadiums are designed to feed you. Like, yeah. so that you don't want to go to a restaurant afterwards. <laughs> and they, they're designed to, to make you pay, you know, 14 bucks for a, a chicken sandwich. And then you don't go to whatever restaurant there is outside. They, they have all the entertainment there. So you don't go to the batting cages right. outside. Because, right. like, you know, all of these different, like, it's it's made to be a, a, a commercial suck. Not okay. to be, like, a commercial outlay of benefit. Mm -hmm. It's it, I, I, Everybody wants to, ch I don't know if you've ever been to... um. A Cubs game in Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, but like everybody, I think that that's the myth that everyone chases is when you walk out of the front of of um, of of not Comiskey, what is it, out of Wrigley, and you walk down, you know, it's a party and yeah. it's fun and everybody's in the bars. You're in a neighborhood, they don't do that anymore, right? They don't. It's they don't a very do unique yeah. thing. It doesn't yeah. exist like that anymore. I mean, unless you build it up that way over the course of like a hundred yeah. years and yeah. create some sort of tradition. And uh, yeah, I just see a lot of this stuff as like like a subversion of the hard work of building a tradition of a community. Instead, mm -hmm. you want to pop, pop it up. You want to pop it up. And a lot of that speaks to like the eth ethos yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now to the question of the fun people that you've gotten to meet online, um, you know, from, I, I, this is one of the things that burns me up. There's maybe like, there's five or six things that you can just piss off the wrong crowd on Twitter. And specifically, again, I'm going to mention this because it bears re repeating. It, specifically, if you're a woman, if you mention Bitcoin, if you mention, um, uh, uh, oh, Nate Silver, if you mention, uh, like, there's like a, a handful of things that you're just apparently not allowed to talk about. Otherwise, you just get shit on, harassed, and like called everything but a child of God on Twitter. And one of them, I would say maybe the biggest one is Elon Musk. Okay. So, like, walk us through, like, your experience reporting on, you know, kind of on the Elon beat, uh, <laughs> having to sort of deal with the super fans. A lot of my colleagues, um, my mostly women colleagues, um, won't, like, spell his name out anymore because they people search her his name. Or... Uh, L, L, L star N Musk. Yeah, it's yeah. All, uh, yeah, E L star N is a big or you could just call them space Karen, I guess now everybody yeah, would know yeah. who you're talking about. But um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting um, cycle. Um, it starts with like, uh, you know, people just calling you a hater. And um, now I get the, oh, she's the one who's always writing these negative articles. And then the, um, the, art, the, the comments on the story itself will most always be like a the theme is like well what are you doing are yeah. you doing anything better have you thought of anything better um i don't see you out there solving these problems it's real like scary like savior mentality and then um the emails begin and the emails um 
Uh, they're always sent from my iPad. They always have this thing on the bottom that says "send from my iPad." That's how you know, like when you've tapped into like a a, a specific world. strain of psychopathy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they're just yeah. at home on their iPads, I guess, all the time. But and those really get into sometimes really personal um, comments and um, you know really trying to um, discredit me or my reporting. Um, and with, with the Miami story, it was very interesting to see how many people who were just like flat out climate deniers who even said that they had moved to Miami recently and discovered yeah. that sea level change is not really true. And <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant you know, Tesla because it was zero emission vehicle. Um, so that was a, an angle I had not, my brain is, my brain is wrestling with itself right now in my head. Like I can, if you hear scraping, if you hear like a scraping sound on the, against the microphone, it's like picking up my, like my, my skull spinning around, like trying to, trying to just like circle that, square that circle. I have no idea who that person is. Like, that's crazy. That was a tough one. Yeah. And, but then maybe that's, it's perfect for them because they can just afford to move there for a while and then leave before things get tough. So I guess for them, it, it might not exist. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of people out here, there's, 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 it, it, it basically is like, it's exactly that. It's, it, and that's honestly, it's one of the, it's one of the reasons that, and this ties into, to the subject that we're talking about, like, this is a up until we just elected a a county mayor, which actually who actually does have some power, as opposed to the Republican slash nonpartisan mayor that we have running the city. We had always for this though. She was also like voicing also her. down for this. Very <laughs> disappointed. For former friend of the podcast, uh, guest guest of this show, uh, Mayor Mayor Kava. Come on, what are you doing? Like we got we got to do a whole follow up episode on on our interview of from Mayor Kava over the summer because. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on there too, um, but yeah. So she, up until her election, we were a um, very very liberal. If you look at the you know voting outcomes, like heavily Democrat county, which we still are, even though Joe Biden lost a lot of ground here. Um, who we are a Democrat county represented almost always by Dem- um, Republican co- uh, Congress people, Republican mayors in a Republican governorship state. And, you know, half the time represented by a Republican president. And um, but somehow the the Republicans here, the conservatives here are allowed. They're given this little extra bit of leash to acknowledge cl- and, and acknowledge as real climate change because they have to. He's because climate mayor. He's a yeah. climate mayor. He's like, exactly. a, you know, they should <laughs> it, him out, I feel like. <laughs> and like the, the way that... Um, the way that that gets like spun into these quick fix solutions, things that that aren't anything to not actually tackle the problem, right? We create these these like programs here. I don't know if you guys have this out out there in California or not, but like w- the the buzzword is resiliency, mm-hmm. right? Nobody can yeah. say climate change. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a whole story about that. Yep. Oh yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's it's the coded it, language, yeah. <laughs> it's this coded language and it's it's all designed to not scare away any tax base. Um, you know, we had um Amy Westervelt from um from the uh the drilled podcast on here last year and Very she's good. she's awesome and she was talking about how in some places in California and also out in the UK, they've gotten used to saying the words managed retreat, which if you said that anywhere out here, 
you might as well be saying quit your job because yeah. that's what like that's what you're effectively saying to these politicians you're telling them like the place where you hold sway isn't going to be a place and you need to be a part of moving people away from it and and voluntarily giving up what um what power or influence or little city commissionership that you've earned in your life uh th- that that you have and it's so hard because it's at odds with 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 that human nature to hold on to their power I see this 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 kind of stuff, and that's why I get passionate about it and get angry about it. Um, I see these the uh, Elon Musk potentially coming here and, and drilling holes in our limestone and collapsing buildings. It's a it's a permission structure. It's a permission structure for people to not have to like really take on the problems that we're going to have over the next hundred years. The main problem we have is two and a half million poor people. And making sure that they, when there's a, a, a climate catastrophe that will come, not if come, but will come, that they are taken care of and, and handled and it's not a mass humanitarian disaster. And this just lets us say like, oh, don't worry, there's tunnels. We got tunnels. We'll figure out the rest later. And it's 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 terrifying. I, you I, nailed it. That's exactly, that's exactly the concern. And that's exactly what, you know, if we, if we let these things happen, it's just going to create that divide more and more between who gets to use the tunnel, who should really be taken care of and, and what risks you're introducing that might um, actually make life worse, even though you're claiming that you're doing this for um, some kind of uh, climate outcome that really isn't going to solve the real problem that you're facing. So So do not forget to read Alyssa on Curbed and follow her on Twitter. She's at Alyssa Walker, I think. Is it at Alyssa Walker? Or uh, what's your, uh, what's your handle? in LA. Oh, okay. And uh, also, subscribe, download, rate, review, whatever, the LA podcast, which is very easy to find. I think I might change the name of Bird Road to the Miami podcast because I don't think <laughs> it is. I thought it was very ungoogleable. But maybe that's good <laughs> yeah. um, you guys have a new episode up. What are you guys talking about this week? I saw it just came out today, but I didn't listen to that one. Yeah, we, we interviewed our... Um, our uh, LEOSD school board president, um, I think a lot of places are having um, these real um, conflicts between their school board and their teachers unions um, and these very angry, mostly white parents. And actually in LA, it's been quite wonderful because our union is so strong and so badass and the school board has backed them up 100%. And um, we just had to deal with this very annoying council member who took the stand to say he wanted to open schools and kill everybody. So he's uh, he didn't really say that. I'm <laughs> no, no, no. He's not allowed to say it out loud. <laughs> you got to be careful what you say nowadays. But anyway, he. Uh, we... <laughs> our, uh, our our last question our last question we'll leave you with is um, one Musk uh, Elon Musk venture that we didn't get to talk about was Neuralink brain chips. Oh God. So. Just uh, I think today or the last couple of day, days, Grimes and Lil Uzi Vert um, came out on social media saying that they're going to be getting the Neuralink brain chips. Will you be joining them, Alyssa? I, I think uh, Elon should be the first uh, and uh, he should uh, keep us posted on that. And I um, will be ha- very happy to write about it as soon as um, he and all of his followers have gotten the chip. I kind of think they already have. I feel like they already have a version of it. Well, they have the one that definitely lets them like network with each other. I think they, yeah, I think based on the emails I've gotten, they are connected in some way. And um, I think it's about as safe as autopilet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.